Hello, Hunters, and welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I am Matt Acevedo. And I'm Christian Humes. And if you don't know what's going on, here's the rundown. We're trying to figure out who is the ultimate fictional character of all time. We're taking in all sorts of accounts. We're talking, we're dissecting them. We are literally just having a discussion on why these people are the ultimate fictional characters. Yeah, it's a cross-genre fictional face-off, Matt. Oh, it really, it really is. <laughs> anime to books to television to film. It's crazy. It's it's pretty pretty crazy. I'm yeah. very excited for the end of this episode. That sounds like a weird thing to say, but yeah. We are pulling the final four characters for the season. We will have our first full season draft. Yeah. And that is going to show us, uh, you know, that's, it's finally that's it. Happening. Yeah, it's, that's we've, we've last come contenders. so far. I can't believe we're already at this moment, man. And this fourth, so this fourth division is crazy already. So far, our two winners are Bugs Bunny and the Kool-Aid Man. Yeah, which I had, by the way, I had no idea you were yeah. so into the Kool-Aid Man. You oh. gave a very compelling argument for that character. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, the show is really the thing that made me learn about the Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> so uh, he's an incredible character. It's a real shock to everyone. And today's episode is going to be interesting because so far, the third episode of every division has pulled the winner. Oh, so, yeah. So this is let's potentially, say, potentially could be the our season. final character. I mean, you know, we're we'll going to maybe we'll break the cycle. Maybe. maybe. But but traditionally, the last yeah. three have been that. Um, but before that, I want to thank all of you guys for listening and for helping us on this journey. Um, we love hearing your input. We love interacting with you on Twitter uh, and emails. So thank you all so, so much. Uh, once again, if you want to leave a little iTunes review, that would help us a lot. Yeah, and any questions or suggestions you have or things you might like to see us do, uh, after the upcoming March Madness for the uh, first season finale, we're going to do like a special episode or two. So we would like, if you have questions or anything, we can respond to them on a special episode between seasons. Yeah. So uh, we'll just be putting that out there and reminding everyone every week. Let's start the show. Let's do it. Guys, this week, our matchup. First, we have The Enchanting. The suave, would you say he learned to become suave? He he overcame a lot of things. It's Mr. Beast from oh, Beauty yeah. and the Beast. He's which, a real fur daddy. Yeah, what's his real name? Prince? I don't know. We'll get I mean, into we're, it. We'll we're get... talking about the Beast, not yeah. the man behind the Beast, right? Well, is he, it's the one and the same, though, isn't it? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I, I, I know a lot about the Beast, so I'm very excited. But he's going up against Chuck E. Cheese himself, the fun pizzeria host. Okay, so last <laughs> week I knew everything about Kool Aid. I'm hoping you can do the same for Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, yeah, I dabble in Chuck E. Cheese. After that, guys, we're going to be having, uh, you know, the cake is definitely a lie. Glados oh from God. Portal. <laughs> the cake is- <laughs> versus Professor Xavier Charles Xavier himself. Let's just jump into this. Yeah, man. let's this do is- it. I'm very excited. I'm okay. already feeling like we got a lot to talk about here. So I have a disclaimer. I don't know if I've ever been to a Chuck E. Cheese. Gro- so growing up, we had Fun Zone, which was a Chuck E. Cheese-like. And then okay. it was uh, bought and sold to another company called Berserkus, which oh Berserkus was awesome. It was very cool. That sounds like our we had something called DZ, DC or DZ, Discovery Zone. Yes. Have you been to those? Uh, they, I am aware of Discovery Zone. Dude, though. they had like the craziest like jungle Yep. Like things, you know, and tunnels and like laser tag also. Did yeah, they have that? Yep. Yeah, they had everything. So I, I may have been to a Chuck E. Cheese, but I don't know because I only have memories of going to Fun Zone and Berserkus. Look, there's not many places for kids to be, feel like, or a kid can be a kid, <laughs> be a kid. you know? So, and Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> provides a place where adults can eat some pizza. I don't think they sell beer. 
Um, no, they do not. They don't, but they can have a nice picture of Pepsi because it was a Pepsi brand uh, while their kids played the TMNT arcade game. Chuck E. Cheese was founded by uh, the guy who founded Atari. I listened to a great uh, interview with him, and it's fascinating how Chuck E. Cheese grew and started. What is what's going on with the mouse, the mouse himself? What is like what's his deal? Because I generally see him uh, skateboarding or with like a slice of pizza. Well, like he loves on, he loves skateboarding. You got both of those facts right. Not okay. only that, but he <laughs> sings and dances. Oh, right. On the clock, on the half. He sings and dances with his, uh, I'm going to, what's his animatronic jamboree called? Uh, I'm blanking on their name, but he had like the three other characters. Yeah, he has his, and I he, mean, he's the standout. Yeah, he's the party goer. He's Absolutely. like, kids, like, you know, this is a place for you to be, like, to feel like yourselves, and you can come party, take a load off, and hang out with the mouse. Not creepy. Okay, at all. wait. So I have a question. Okay. He, there's so there's an animatronic show, but yes. there, is there also another Chuck E. Cheese like in a suit walking around? Yes. Okay, because if they he don't was, show up at the same time though, because that's that great. would be uh, that's good. That would be uh, problematic. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be problematic. Um, that's good because I find all the animatronics to be very creepy. They're, they are very, very scary. creepy. Um, very Five Nights at Freddy's. And let me tell you, I've actually had a nightmare once uh, before for Five Nights at Freddy's where I was in one of the Chuck E. Cheese tunnels uh, and the mouse were like, they were like removing like, you know, robotics jamborees. They were just singing their things. Yeah. And then they were like staring at me from the stage because you could see through like this window from like the little tunnel yeah. while you're in there. You can see the Chuck E. Cheese down there and they were like staring at me and they were saying like, come on down, Matt. Come here, Matt. And I was like, oh, what? And then I remember the tunnel was getting, got like shrunk on me. It was like getting smaller and smaller. I was like, no, no. And I got lost. I couldn't get out of the of the of the of the the little tunnel. This is a terrible nightmare. It was uh, it was a very scary. I nightmare. want to apologize for all the listeners at home. I know this is not an explicit show, so you should be able to listen to this with your children. But maybe we'll add like a warning. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, if your children are prone to like night terrors, don't play this one. <laughs> That's awful. It was it's a it's a scary dream. But this yeah. doesn't sound like a good thing for Chuck E. Cheese though. Yeah, like we haven't even started talking about Beast, and we just built him up, and you just very quickly <laughs> brought him down. Well, I I. I like to, as I analyze the dream, I think it was a metaphor for me not knowing what I wanted to do in life. And, uh, oh. and uh, the the mouse was just uh, my childhood telling me not to give up on my childhood. And he was like, come on down, man. He was actually trying to be friendly. Okay. Um, yeah. Is that I can see that. Yeah. I just made that up right you know, now. <laughs> you know what I always think is interesting? Mice are always seem, they're always um, in, in normal culture, like an actual mouse is a bad thing to have in your home. And yet- it's like Chuck E. Cheese and the Mouse, Mickey Mouse, yeah. Pikachu. Like, how come we want to make them into fun characters? But, like, you know, people, you could pick, like, a fun, like, Bugs Bunny. Like, why do we go with the mice? I think for this, in this case at least, it's because they love cheese. And Chuck E. Cheese primarily focuses, like, like their big thing is, like, come get pizza. Come get pizza. Come get a cheese pizza. Oh, I'm into that. Pizza. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. He okay. just wants to party. And I then, love pizza. Did you see? And then the rebranding, you know, they made him a cute little little animated mouse. I mean, he was always an animated mouse. Yeah, but, but he's- But they made the, him, like, like, a little slim. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, like, awesome. So that's I'm pretty into cool. It. I'm into it. And I'm pretty sure that he also went on adventures. Okay. Uh, I got to double check this. But I'm pretty sure there were like either comic books, um, 
or no no please please fact check it's what we're most known for here is having all the facts yeah, <laughs> for oh, yeah. being very studious uh doing lots of fact checking live on the show um very quickly wanna while you look into that i just want to talk a little bit about beast beast is an interesting character for a variety yeah. of reasons being that he is um you know these old fairy tale like stories he is generally what you would call a metaphor come to life, right? It's all about like a man versus the beast inside of him. And it's like the woman tamed him. It's sort of like a weird old fashioned story about um, violence and anger and cruelty inside men and how like we all have beasts inside us. Yeah. But like they literally turn him into a beast, even though he's not technically a bad guy. It's like he's, weird. He, he, was, he was selfish. It's weird. It was like, right. He, he, you know, because the story is he tricked the. He was mean. He refused to help the witch, right? Uh, who who looked like a peasant, who actually was a powerful like witch. Uh, and she then because of that, because he was so selfish, he like she cast the curse on all the whole. You know, it's really a story about like Jeff Bezos becoming a monster, <laughs> right? They're like, look, you have so much money. Not everyone in town does. Yeah. Could you just help this old lady? And he's like, "Well, does she have a prime membership?" Hmm. And she didn't, and so she turned him into a monster because he didn't realize that she had magical powers. And he let the beast control him, but you know, he he took this, he captured this this man. Yeah. You know, and then this, the daughter of the man. Yeah. Was like, take me instead, and then so. Let but the, why does he take the man? Because he trespassed. But what was he get, like? What he, was going to happen? If he took the man, was he going to eat him? Maybe. Mm. This is one of the like couple. There's a couple weird questions I have with Beauty and the Beast, where I love the animated one. I didn't see the live action one for a variety of reasons. Oh, you didn't hear that song, that sweet uh, Beast Lament song? <laughs> no, like, I did not. And never leave me. <laughs> Pretty epic. Very Phantom of the Opry. Anyways, I don't. I don't know why people have so much reverence for the Beast because. He's like in the 1%. He's selfish. It's like all of his wounds are self-inflicted pretty much. And then it's like, well, when society rises up against him, it's like, sure. Like no one likes the dude bro in town because dude bros are annoying. But at the same time, he wasn't totally wrong. (laughs) It's like they're rising up against like the oligarch. Yeah. Like what is the problem with that? I I have a number of questions. And I, I think there is like a something to giving people a second chance and showing how like everyone can change. Can and that's change. like a great, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's a good moral, but it was weird that he couldn't come to those like decisions on his own. He needed like the help. He needed the aid of a woman to do well, it for him because it's, like, maybe it's cause like everyone, nah, I can't find an argument for this. Cause I was going to say everyone treats him badly. Um, but no, like all of his furniture, like all of his servants, like love him. And why yeah. the best for him? So why is Belle different? Well, she's a pretty young lady. Yeah. Uh, who sensitive to sees the right because her whole thing is gentle. like she wants to buck the trend. She doesn't want to do what everyone expects of her. She doesn't want to go with like the guy that like everyone thinks is cool in town. Like she wants to go. Hey, look, Gaston's only crime was right. love. I'm yep. just well, I'm just kidding. He was kind of, he was also... Gaston was a weird dude. Yeah, he was pretty weird and very into him. He's very weird, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I get it. Like, no one should be into Gaston. No one <laughs> should be into Gaston. <laughs> don't fall for his tricks, that Gaston. Now, now, don't get me wrong. None of these things are necessarily bad things. These actually are maybe reasons that the character of Beast is a 
good and interesting character because they somehow make us like a like monstrosity. Mm-hmm. They like us. They they make us like someone who's rich when a lot of people are poor. They make us like someone who is like mean to like the hero of the story. And yet, like, like he does all these bad things, and we're still compelled well, to be on his side. I think he's. I don't think he was like, for lack of a better term, beast like before. I think he's kind of lashing out because he knows that when the rose dwindles, loses its last petal, that they will be trapped forever. And he's just seeing, like, he's seeing it slowly fall away. And he's like, imagine living your days, the remainder of your days, slowly seeing like what time you like the the hourglass. But wasn't it sort of metaphorically like the beast, the outside nature, like his appearance of being the beast was really representative of his inside nature. Because once his internal nature was no longer beast-like, when it was no longer ugly, he was no longer ugly because he had to love himself before he could love another person. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, my sister, uh, who's bisexual, so she goes, you know, she's like, sure. Uh, but growing up, she like was really into the Beast. Yeah, um, like I said at the start, he's a fur daddy. He is a fur daddy, and it's like I don't know, maybe people like him because, um, uh, you know, he's just like big strong burly beast like person who's actually very sensitive on the inside i think uh i'm just speaking for my sister because she told me it's like some girls are like really into that i guess i mean people some people People in general like all different kinds of people yeah um and that's what's so compelling about him to me is i like the character even though i can i can logically like i can rationalize all the bad things about him i like the character of the beast even though i know i shouldn't yeah. So they've done a good job with the way they represent him, even though everything else about him, if you put it on paper, is like not good. Yeah. And uh, and once upon a time, the beast is actually Rumpelstiltskin. Anyways. Oh, if you say his name three times, he disappears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, this is a compelling backstory, but let me let me tell you a little bit about Chucky oh, Cheese's boy. backstory because this just took it up to another level. Chucky's official backstory is that he's an orphan mouse who does not know his own birthday. His orphanage was uh, called St. Marinara's Orphanage. To make up for never having a birthday party of his own, he hosts parties for children. After winning a Pong tournament, Chuck moved to New York and started working as a singer at an Italian restaurant where he also met and befriended a musically inclined chef named Pasquale. Eventually, he moved to California and created his own restaurant franchise with Pasquale becoming his star chef and later joining his band. It's like Ratatouille for pizza and children. <laughs> That's a pretty sick backstory. I didn't know. He's doing, he's putting on the birthdays because he doesn't know when his birthday is. So he thought instead of him having trying to figure out when his birthday, he's just going to make everyone else have a great birthday. I'm now, I'm now conflicted as uh, a Sicilian American myself. I didn't know he was one of my own people. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know uh, Mr. Cheese. His first name is probably like my uncle. His first name, my, my uncle Chuck, who is a Sicilian, his first name is actually Dominic. So it's probably just going for shorthand. He's, he's got to be Italian. Went to St. Marinara, you know, went to New York. Like he's got to be. I didn't know this. This is very interesting. It's I, uh, It takes it up it to does. another level. It is he's very ratatouille He loves partying, but he likes partying because he likes helping making other people's birthdays special. That's a great backstory. Yeah. He was an orphan. Okay. Let's. Uh, who let's, turned his life around. Let's I found a hidden talent. Let's look at the numbers and break them down so we can make a decision here. Yeah. Um, who do you think is more culturally relevant? You think he's more relevant currently? To kids. Than the Beast? Than Disney's Beast? I feel like right now, as we're talking now, there's a lot of... If we're talking 2019, there's a lot of 
problematic things that with the beast. Uh huh. You know what I mean? But they still love him. I'm just saying who's more mm-hmm. relevant. Like maybe during the height of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. I guess everyone everyone does know the beast, and he is a you great know, assist character in Kingdom Hearts. In America, Chuck E. Cheese maybe is as relevant to children or has been as the beast, but worldwide it's definitely gonna go yeah, it's to, definitely the beast. to Disney. I'm not saying it's like a landslide. Chuck E. Cheese has like he's in the bucket for a reason. He's here because he's impactful. But he, I don't know if he trumps Disney's Beast, at least for like a cultural impact relevancy standpoint. That's very true. The Beast is, I mean, Disney's like reach goes far. And right. The Beast is well known. Well known. Especially, I would say, big in France. Like, you know, he's he's the one of the two leads in one of the biggest animated movies ever created. Yeah. Yeah. The Beast is definitely more well known. But yeah. was the Beast an orphan with nothing? No, he's not. Who didn't know his own birthday and... So everyone else instead. Okay. Well then let's 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 look at a couple things here. Who would you rather okay, who would win in a fight? That's Beast. That's the Beast. So so two yeah. points are going to Beast so far. But who would I rather get a beer with? Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese. Absolutely. Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. <laughs> he would be a great great hang. He'd be a great hang. Of for course sure. he would be a great hang. Yeah. He'd be such a good hang. Yeah. The Beast doesn't even know how to until Bell he didn't know how to use a, a spoon. Okay. You know, um, just... Who do you think kids are more excited to see as someone who's been to a Chuck E. Cheese? Are they more excited to see Chuck E. Cheese or Beast when they're at Disney? Oh, that's a that's an interesting question. Because I just feel like since Chuck E. Cheese's whole thing is where a kid can be a kid and Disney's Beast is obviously like these things are still made for children as much as they make them for adults as well. I don't know what you're talking about. Disney's only made for me. Yeah. <laughs> and see, this is what's interesting to me. <laughs> if it doesn't it feels, cater to if, me, it's It feels wrong. to me like you're <laughs> leaning... Chuck E. Cheese over Beast, and you're a much bigger Disney guy than I am. So, like, I'm I'm willing right now to like sort of go with where you're thinking, but I do want to know what you think kids care about more. Do they are they going to be more excited to see Chuck E. Cheese? Are they going to be more excited to see Beast? Probably Beast, and I'm going to say that because thinking about growing up, Chuck E. Cheese is free admission, right? You can go in kind of whenever. Oh, you I want. didn't. Oh, okay. You just get yeah, a yeah. hand stamp. You go in. Disney is for a lot of kids, unlike us spoiled Southern California people. Yeah. Um, it's like a once in a lifetime kind yes. of thing. So when you see the beast in real life, it's like way more impactful than yeah. going to Chuck E. Cheese when you can see him like kind of any day. And I was thinking for a moment, maybe kids get scared though when they see Beast, but also like me, kids get scared probably when they see the animatronic Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, you know, you never know. You might be in a tunnel and they're shrinking and then they'll be like, Christian, come down, Christian, come here. Matt, I'm a little torn on this. What do you want to do here? I'm willing I'm willing to go with your decision unless you, you feel too unclear. I could kind of go either way. You've uh, you've sold me on the story of Chuck E. Cheese, and I think Beast also has a really interesting and complicated story. I don't think so. I think Chuck E.'s is like way more interesting after reading that. Um but how much how much do you think that's actually important? Like how how prominent is that in his character arc? In the Beasts or for Chuck E. Cheese. For Chuck E. Cheese? I mean, that's what he, he literally turned that into his career. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He did do that. Which is, I know it's crazy that we're even like he did do that. talking like this. You're but, right. But like he, he took, he had nothing and like took something that was like that he was missing in his life. And instead of like going on a search for his own birthday, he instead gave that to everyone else. He gave that gift. Yeah. To, I'm, to me, that's like, that's really crazy. Yeah. That's like, that's pretty that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
And the beast was like, he was, a, a, he was in royalty already and he didn't know what he had. He took it for granted. Uh, and he was kind of mean to everybody and, and like turned into a beast and uh, like, yeah, he changed and, and that's cool, but I don't know. Okay. I'm going to say this one thing yeah. and then I'm going to, I'm going to toss it to you to make the choice. So the only oh, man, I feel so, all these ears, all the pressures on me. So the only thing oh, I gosh. have to say about what you argued is because we we've come to this like this uh, sort of crossroads before with complicated or possibly bad actor characters. We we automatically always tend to lead with the good guy, which isn't necessarily like a statement of the character's quality. Mm-hmm. I find personally, and like I said, I'm able to rationalize and look at the beast and say all these things about him are like sort of bad character traits, even though like, yes, he turns it around and we show like he's not. It's also like it is a message about like, hey, maybe he's ugly and scary on the outside, but it's like what's on the inside that counts. Um, with all of that known, I'm always compelled to like the beast. I don't actually dislike him. I like him a lot, even though I know he's like a jerk and he stands for a lot of things I don't like, even though he changes those things about himself and he rejects them. Like the final character, of course you're interested in. Um, so to you, which do you think is a better is, which do you think is a more ultimate fictional character? I'm going to lead it up to you because you, you have more reverence to and connection of both of these characters than I do. Well, yes, that's true. This stuff I learned about Chucky is fresh. Okay. So I might put okay. Beats at a disadvantage in the in the heat of the moment. Yeah. But I'm thinking about it and like I, I have no problem with another with another icon mascot moving on. Like if <laughs> if this if Division Four comes down to Chuck E. Cheese versus Kool Aid Man, that'll feel very successful in many ways. I. I Oh man, this is okay. Chuck E. Cheese's pizza though is not very good. Oh, and if that's his story, that's a huge mark that's against his story. Him. He goes to New York and meets a, a like a New York pizzeria guy, and opens a restaurant, and that's the pizza he's delivering. It's a big. This sounds to me like he went to New York, learned how to make pizza, couldn't cut it, came out to California where we have trash pizza. And That's was exactly, like, now, I can sell it to these people that don't know what good pizza he, tastes like. He's actually a scam artist, man. Oh, this is, I'm glad you brought this up now he's because he would have gotten torn apart later if this came up. We would have had a guest on who's eaten a slice of that za and they'd be like, how did he make it here? Yeah, that's a huge point against him. He knows how to have a fun time, but if you can't, you can't have a fun time without good, with a good pizza, good, no good way. quality food. No way. You know? Unless I got some tasty stringy cheese on that yeah. slice, I am going to be very upset. And I will say like the beast is, he's a pretty incredible character like you know he you really feel for him you we're we're bell in the situation we see the weakness we see that he's soft on the inside and he's just hurt on the outside you just want to you just want to like tell him it's okay it's gonna be okay you know and he puts on a dapper suit yeah he does he's a beast that wears a suit <laughs> it's awesome i think this choice is made okay i think that i was honestly leaning towards chucky i know you are but I, I, then if it's if that's his key point yeah, is that he makes good pizza and he goes and opens a restaurant chain and that's the pizza? No, I saw once I saw someone pick his nose and put it in the pizza there. Oh once. no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, so no, 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 no. Chuck E. Cheese wouldn't even be okay with that. I feel bad. What if like Chuck E. Cheese got like uh, you ever see the you ever see the the founder uh, yeah. with Michael Keaton and McDonald's story? He's he's the Ron Swanson in there, the Ron- and <laughs> this corporation <laughs> takes. <laughs> takes it and is like, how can we do it faster? Ah, oh, how can no. we make more money instead? 
And uh, Chucky e. Cheese swindled us all. We got him this time, though. Yeah. Sorry, Chucky. But, you know, you can be where a kid can be a kid, but in real life, you have to grow up. Boom. The beast moves on. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Next match. That was interesting. That was uh, really yeah. interesting. I did not. I didn't. I really thought, like, you seemed very supportive of Chuck E. Cheese in a way that you uh, you probably felt the way I talked about Kool-Aid Man. Uh, I was shocked because I know how much you like Disney. Yeah. So that was a, that was a surprise for me. Uh, I'm glad you brought up that info because I think he would have gotten destroyed in second round yeah, competition. Yeah, I mean, Gladys and Professor X can both see bad pizza. Yeah, well, Gladys can see everything because she has cameras everywhere. So let's start talking about match number two. Let's go. GLaDOS versus Professor X. All right. So Professor X is one of the most brilliant castings in all of live action cinema with Patrick <laughs> Stewart and James McAvoy. I think like the one thing I think about constantly with this upcoming, you know, we're about to have the Fox Dis- uh, Disney deal is like, well, when they do eventually reboot X-Men, do better casting on 90 percent of the characters, but they will never find a better Professor X. Yeah. And. Boy, is Professor X one of the most interesting mutant characters. I mean, he's supposed to be sort of like, you know, he meant to represent sort of like a Martin Luther King type character representing like racial injustice. I mean, literally, the X-Men were made yeah. because of that. Back then, what, the 70s, early 70s? Like, yeah. I want to say early 70s. Um, like they were made, like X-Men are literally a representation of of uh, discrimination. Yeah. It's Malcolm know? X and Martin Luther, which is... Yeah. Uh, Professor and you put X it in the comic Magneto. form. It's genius. Yeah, it's very smart. And the, and the reason that like it's weird to be like, oh, he's supposed to be Martin Luther King Jr., but he's white. It's like part of the reason they did that was so like white kids would see themselves in these characters, but then see them being discriminated against, and hopefully be able to put you know one and one together and understand yeah. like the metaphor that was in play here. Very heavy-handed metaphor. Uh, Professor X is a brilliant character. He's telekinetic. He has incredible psychic abilities. He is suave. He has a uh, he has a disability. Mm-hmm. He can't walk, yeah. which is cool. Like that's another form of representation his character has. Yep. Um, I think he's an absolutely incredible character on both comics, cartoons, and cinema. Yeah, I'm. I completely agree with you, man. And you know, he starts the the X Men school for uh, was it uh, Jesus? The school for gifted mutants. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm Charles it. Xavier School for gifted students or yeah yeah uh and like you know he he took it upon him to give a home for others who you know felt like he did and he gave a a, a place for them to be welcome and to train and he's constantly trying to be a mutant connect the bridge between uh humans and mutants you know he's like the chuck e cheese of mutants yeah except he (laughs) knows how to make pizza yeah yeah or he knows how to like brainwash a great pizza maker to go do it because he's in new york yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, Professor X is such a great character. He's a fantastic character. If anything, like you just said, you know, he created he created the X-Men. The X-Men is it's like, well, there's the X gene, but it's also Professor X. Like it's he is very representative of the X-Men themselves. He is like the progenitor of the X-Men. He now, is this the creator. is actually an interesting matchup because Professor X versus GLaDOS. I think GLaDOS would be a great contender to take on Professor X. Glaus is basically in like an X-Men villain. You know what I mean? 
like GLaDOS is someone who's conniving and like able to create these intricate traps um, that are kind of suitable. It's it's like if the danger room were to be possessed by GLaDOS. That's what I was just thinking about was the danger room. I mean, you've seen, so we see Professor X go up against the Sentinels. He goes up against robots all the time, which are a great foil to him because he can't read their minds, Mm -hmm. at least like in the danger room or, so he can't necessarily manipulate them the same way he could with another person. Yeah. Um, so it is a good foil to him, though, you know, it, like if we're talking strictly in a fight se- sense with GLaDOS, the only downside is like, well, he sort of has to be in GLaDOS's realm to fight GLaDOS, right? Like mm. GLaDOS is sort of limited to the area in which she was created. Like, sure, she could probably control some of the drones and robots True. that she could yeah. send out, but he could probably make quick work of most of those. Yeah, she she's stuck in aperture. I, I can't imagine. Right. I mean, if she honestly, if she really wanted to, she could probably like connect herself. I connect myself to everything. Oh you know? no! <laughs> I can see her doing like she gets access to the mainframe. Or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then we're all in trouble. Uh, no one's getting cake. But you know, Glados is. I, I don't know. I think she would. She could if they ended up in the same room. Could put up a good fight. Yeah. But I mean. It's Professor X. <laughs> there was a lot of twisted stuff in Portal 2 about sort of the origin of GLaDOS. Yeah. And what a great game. A fantastic game. Yeah. Um, GLaDOS is actually... So we just talked about the Beast in the last episode. And GLaDOS is similar to the Beast in the way that she's sort of a tortured character that maybe wasn't once bad. Now, the Beast obviously isn't necessarily bad, but he could have gone down that darker path, mm-hmm. which would have just ultimately sped up the end of his life. Uh, <laughs> but for GLaDOS, she had full control over everything. She just became like sort of a sociopathic torture robot that was just disintegrating the last of her human subjects. Yeah, she's got she's got some dark kinks and, you know, and just wants to do him. So, yeah. And it's interesting uh-huh. that like she's ultimately undone by Chell and Steven Merchant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great, great VO. Oh, amazing VO. VO. One of the best VO choices of all time. Yeah. Who do you, I mean, uh, there's no question. We don't need to even have a serious discussion about who's more culturally like impactful or relevant. Everyone knows Professor Rex. He's a more important character uh, in every regard that you could consider, like at least from a cultural standpoint. Most people, if you go up to them and say GLaDOS, unless they play video games, will have never even heard of it. Yeah, that's very true. Um, It'd be impossible to argue otherwise. Mm Mm-hmm. Who would win in a fight is like a weird 50-50. It really just depends on where Professor and when. X could take it. Yeah, I think Professor X could too, but he is a little limited on some of his physical abilities. Yeah. Um, you know, his abilities are, are primarily mental. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been so many different adaptations of the character in comics and what his abilities are, so it's kind of sometimes hard to exactly pinpoint what he could do to her, but... I think there's scenarios where he could win. There are scenarios where she could win, but it she'd need home it's field advantage. Be like, it's very specific. Yeah. A very specific scenario. Yeah. If she had home field advantage, she could definitely win. I think she'd put up a good but, fight. But I mean, because he can't, he can't, he can't just take control of her mind. He can't tell her what to do. But he you can't. give him, a, you give Professor X a portal gun. Sure. And well, he, he's gonna. Is he gonna roll through the wall? I, I look. He's not jumping. He can manip- he can make that wheelchair go through some uh you know some jumps. Okay, maybe you know? he, he's gonna have a tough time. He's if he's in aperture, he's going down. I think on like a maybe like a fifty fifty like no home field advantage. Yeah. it might turn out in his favor. And if he has home field advantage, he'll take it. 
But I think you put just Professor X in Aperture, it's not going to end well for him. Okay, so we both agree that outside of Aperture, Professor X will take yeah. it. But in Aperture, he's kind of screwed. Yeah, I'd say more more than likely. Okay. Yeah. But in any other scenario, I think Professor X is just a better character because he's not a robot. Not saying that robots... <laughs> You know, like we can't, what else are we going to dive into? It's just a robot. There's no emotion. There's no. Oh, feeling. no. There's... Well, I mean, because then, then we get into a weird no, that's, yeah. conversation about like what is sentience and consciousness? Like how complicated do the thoughts of uh, a non-carbon based life form have to be for you to I mean, appreciate them? I mean, it's very them? true, but, but you know, <laughs> GLaDOS is basically someone who's enslaving people and yeah. Professor X is someone who's trying to free now, a whole, a whole type of. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, like GLaDOS based off of a person, right? And sure. she was like tested on an aperture and sort of like, wasn't it like uh, Cave Johnson? Wasn't it like oh, his man, wife or his I daughter or something? It was very like, there's a very dark story. I can't remember. That. It was a long time ago since I played those games. Um, all right, Matt, you're hanging out. You're going to uh, you're going to a barcade downtown. Who are you bringing with you? Professor X. Well, it's just so you could play the X Men game with him. It would be so meta. It would be awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it would be great. I just, I feel like Lados would be good at playing video games. Good reaction time. And then, I mean, I just yeah. Good, I mean, yeah, great reaction time. But then would it be fun? Would it be fun if there's no failure? If I'm not dumping quarters because I keep dying? Yeah. You know, what? What's what's the where's the challenge? Where's the challenge here? What what is this? The what is this? The Damon X Machina demo? Because that was... <laughs> yeah, that it was, was not great. That was not great. Um, so I did a little research here, since that's a new thing we do on the show <laughs> from earlier <laughs> in the episode. Uh, just wanted to fact check. Uh, but yeah, GLaDOS is based off of Caroline, who is, I believe, it, it appears, was the mother of Chell, or it's rumored to be the mother of Chell. Um, so she's based off of her personality. It was based on like a series of tests that they did. It was like they tried to recreate her as an mm. AI after she had died. So there is sort of a weird dark history to the character as to where sort of her sentience and her personality comes from. Sure. Um, but I mean, you, you raised a couple of points. I don't think, I don't want to ever start putting like a knock against robotic characters. I do think that there is a level of uh, sentience. Because like if Wally turns up, you're going to have a hard time arguing that Wally is just going to lose to I any mean, other. Well, but, but Wally, Wally's different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a he fall. It's a robot that falls in love. He is a robot that falls and, in love. And 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 you know, Glados is just kind of mean. Yeah, I think I guess I guess what it comes down to with Glados is she is still sort of a and it's a great character though. But it is it a is, great character. It is a traditional sort of rampancy corruption, a glitch in the program, and it sort of loses its control of its original self and becomes a bad actor, right? Like, that's, like, such a standard theme of horror like with computers. I feel would have beat Chuck E. Cheese because GLaDOS could formulate the ultimate pizza. But against Professor X, someone who's, like, yeah. <laughs> trying to free and, like, make make peace with... He's a... You know, like, he's just... He's, like, the Martin Luther King you yeah. know, equivalent. Like, there's no... It's just, like, to me, there's no competition in this fight. And I think it was just a bad matchup for GLaDOS. Professor X is a great character, is an amazing character. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, Gladys is sort of saved from herself by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, getting taken down by Stephen Merchant, it's like, come on. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Gladys. Looks like you can have your cake, but you can't eat it. 
two, right? All right, let's del- delete that program, Matt. Oh, and we got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final match. Final matchup. We have the Beast versus Professor X. Let's go. All right, you're yeah. going to have to convince me right now why the Beast is better than Professor X. Because, look, I like the Beast. They have a Beast in X-Men, and he's the prof- Professor X's friend. And oh, I would God. argue that the Beast in X-Men is better than the Beast from Beauty and the Beast because he's also a scientist. But the Beast in X-Men is not better than Professor X. Look, you can we can have a whole Beast versus Beast argument <laughs> and how we, Beast from X-Men is actually should. a really <laughs> smart dummy uh, because he's always tampering with the timeline. And like everyone's like, don't stop messing with the timeline. He's like, no, you know, let's bring these, let's bring Scott and the, them from the 50s back to the future. I'm sure nothing <laughs> bad will happen. Like, and he does it anyway. How many times is he going to mess with the timeline? Stop. Anyways, that's another. That's another. The Batman the, the Beast gets me so mad. Yeah, we should he have. Gets me so mad. We can have a Beast versus Beast episode and a Beast versus Doctor Who episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, look, Beast. Right. When you're in Hollow Bastion and you're like Ansem and and Kyrie's just a vessel. They're trying to take her art because she's the eighth princess of light. Uh, what? Well, I'm, I'm stuck at the bottom of this giant castle, and then the Beast shows up. I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Everything's good now. We're going to go save my friends. But what about in Kingdom Hearts 4 when now they have access to Marvel stuff and they just have Professor X roll in? Oof. <laughs> then who are you going to be excited to see? Ooh. You're going to be excited to be to Ooh, see wow. Beast, who's just like a rich guy who got turned into a, like a half-animal fur daddy? Or are you going to be like excited to see the man in the wheelchair who can control all your enemies? Look. I love Professor X, but the Beast would probably swoon me more than Professor X. He's so charming. He is so he learns. He, he has he, that accent. He loves to point out when people have different colored eyes. All right, Professor X is pretty charming. He's pretty charming. <laughs> He's very charming. Yeah. Plus, he, he could choose for you what you want to do. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he can remove pick. that choice for you. Now, there's a problem of consent sometimes if you consider Professor X and some of the things he does. Uh, but, you know, if you ask him, it's to serve a greater purpose. He is a problematic character when you start to think about it. <laughs> the Beast is very problematic. Um, I mean, you know, what's it called? When Stockholm Syndrome, right? Where you fall in love with your captive? Yeah. Your captor? Yeah. I mean, that's fun. That's, yeah, I still, I do have, like, I want to bring this back to the question I had at the start with you, which is, if Belle didn't swap places with her dad, was he going to eat him? Like, what was supposed to happen there? Was he just going to be stuck in, like, a little prison, or was he going to be dinner? Like, what was, oh my gosh, what was his about plan? It, I guess, like, is it clear that the, the household objects, right, Lumiere and them, they said that they haven't made a dinner for someone in, like, a long time or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So was he gonna eat? Bill's they didn't say dad? they haven't made a dinner of someone. They just haven't made a dinner for it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Look, it's 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 unfortunate. We can talk about Professor X and how amazing he is and how problematic the Beast is. I think that that right there yeah. solves our case. I mean, Professor X would win in a fight. Yeah, easily. More culturally relevant. But Professor X not only would win in a fight, he'd be like Beast. I know. What you're feeling? Come, oh, come to our he home. He could fix Professor. Could, he could fix Beast. He could turn him back into a man. Here, Beast, meet Beast. Don't oh. open the time traveling. Don't do that. But he can. It'd be like if you had the the Chuck E. Cheese that like someone's in a costume next to the animatronic Chuck E. Cheese. Like the no two beasts could be in the same room at the same time. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. 
I think like Professor X would literally take the beast in and give him a he home, would. And, and they'd figure out he you know would. how to solve that curse. And the beast would just put Professor X in a cage, Possibly. probably eat him. Probably. We don't know what he was doing with the people that he was capturing. Yeah. This is an interesting point. Uh, and just very quickly, I do want to point out, they both had live-action remakes. Not all the X-Men. In fact, many of them are not great. But I would say they're better than the Beauty and the Beast live-action remake without even seeing it. And I can say that simply because uh, everything I've read from it has shown, like, if you look at all these animated movies, right, the thing that they miss when they go live-action is all of, like, the exaggerated senses. Like, you don't have Gaston eating a dozen eggs, in the live action remake, like the way that he can do it in the animated series. So it's just like, they're limiting what they can do. Yeah. And the, in and these the films. live action, he just says it. I'm like, I'm calling your bluff. It also didn't set the world on fire. Like the X-Men movies kind of did. Like that was such a big deal. Like X-Men uh, look, 2000, that first think, X-Men movie. Yeah. Was a turning point for then, films uh, for comic books. I really liked uh first class too. I love first. Class. Oh yeah. First class is great. I just think, Look, in terms of Disney live action, like we don't really want remakes of them. And if you have no. an opportunity to to do a live action remake but put it in the perspective of the villain, actually give us kind of a darker story than than making the villain a good guy? Like what is that about? Yeah. That's Maleficent. If you're going to be bad, be bad. Yeah, exactly. So, I think this was a pretty easy conclusion. Yeah. Easily. I'm also never going to want to hang out with the beast. I'm going to want to hang out with Professor X. It's like it's like, "Oh, uh you know, I invited Belle and the Beast to my dinner party. Oh, only Beast can come. Oh, actually, yeah. we should. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I don't it's know. like, sorry. Ooh. You know, who do you want serving your divorce papers? I don't want Beast rolling in. That's going to be a traumatic experience for everyone. He's asking for fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Right, maybe I changed my mind. <laughs> I'm just um, I'm ready to call it. If you I'm want. ready to call it too. Great. Look. I think we had this from the beginning. We knew exactly what we wanted. It was Tales Old as Time. Goodbye, Beast. Professor Xavier's going on to the finals. Very exciting time, Matt. Let's poll the final four characters. Yeah. For season one of Ultimate Fictional Character. Give it a good shake. Here we go. The final four characters. This is the final pool of the season. It is. Wow. All right. Let's do it. Godspeed. Godspeed. All right. Here we go. I'm going to read the first one. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. Okay. Oh, boy. My favorite character from my favorite TV show, Desmond Hume from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Okay. Desmond's going to be going up against Elizabeth from Bioshock. Okay. Which is a great character. Great video game character. Great companion. Yeah, right? Right. right. Like many, many bad companions out there. Yeah. That's a great one. Leon! Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Leon! Huh? He's a true American hero. It's a G.I. Joe. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, Hold on. I'm stuck with Christian's post-it traps. <laughs> I can't. How did you do this you just, one? I'm going to open it. If you bend it a little, it'll, you got a little pocket there. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. You can just, there you go. Oh, thanks, man. So, <laughs> it's, so little, it's like a little I finger trap. I was pulling, trap. and I should have yeah. pushed in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And then uh, who would you just say? G.I. Joe. Oh, G.I. Joe is going to be going up against Sabine Wren. Sabine, I oh, know that. From, What's that from? From Rebels. Star Wars Oh, Rebels. that's right. That's right. Oh, Sabine's great. 
oh, this is a hell of a matchup. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like, I know that name. That's awesome. That's really good. Sweet. Guys. She's, she's like, she's a Mandalorian. She had the, the dark saber. Okay, this is going to be great. I'm Dude, very excited. Be pretty awesome. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, and I think we broke our... Look, GLaDOS didn't win, so we broke the curse. We, we broke did. The, th- the round three. We did. Uh, fighter three curse. But maybe it's just the third match. We'll find out. We'll find out. It yeah. is Professor X moving on. Um, thank you all so much once again. You can find me on all platforms at the Matt Acevedo. And Christian. I'm at Christian underscore Humes. Yeah. Well, until next time, everyone, thank you for joining us as we continue to search for the ultimate fictional character. Stay on the hunt. Bye.